Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We have a great show for you this evening with my very special guest joining us by phone. Her name is Shelly Zalis, and Shelly is the CEO of the Female Quotient, and she'll be joining me in just a moment. Uh, Be sure, as always, to stay with us during the breaks for our watch team segments, bringing you some great, valuable, up-to-date information on your health, legal issues, technology, leadership, finance, and diversity. And stay tuned. We're going to have an exciting new watch team member coming on board in December. So stay tuned for that. Uh, The numbers are in, and Women to Watch is growing, and we love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out to me or any one of our watch team members at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. We love to hear your feedback and any suggestions you might have for the show, and also questions for any of our upcoming guests. So now, without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Shelly Zalis. Shelly, thanks so much for being with me. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to be on this call with you. It's, thank it's, you for including me. Well, I'm, I'm honored to have you. And it's funny because I was thinking about you this afternoon, and you've interviewed uh, quite a number of amazing women yourself. And I think one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is something that you might have learned yourself that was a commonality among all the uh, amazing women in leadership roles that you've interviewed. Um, Well, thank you for asking that question, because I think it's a really important question. I think what I found, and it's reinforced, I think I always knew this, but was that we're better together. And I've interviewed so many successful women that have rise to the top. And when I ask them, what is the most important thing for them at this stage of their life? 
um, helping other women. It is when we help other women rise, we all shine Mm -hmm. and supporting one another that, you know, we've all been competing with each other our whole careers. And the power of collaboration is so much more powerful than the power of competition. Yeah. You know what? I love that. And and every single woman has something, you know, completely unique to offer. So I think when we recognize that, um, stuff gets done. Well, and I also think it's also realizing that we all don't have every single strength in the world necessary. We need to discover our strengths, own our strengths, and then complement our strengths with one another And that's where true magic happens. That's right. Listen, I want to go back a little bit and and give the listeners a sense of the young Shelley growing up in L.A. I understand you were one of four daughters. And uh, you've stated that your family had a long history of activism. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your mom's work back in the 70s and what mark that left on you as a young girl. You know, I I never really knew what mark it left on me until one day I looked in the mirror and I said, wow, I'm walking in my mother's, you know, footsteps. And my mother raised all four of us, you know, four girls similar in age. You know, my older sister is only 14 months older than I am. And she raised us all to love each other, support each other. There was no competition. We weren't jealous of each other. And she raised us with confidence through and through, made us believe that we could be anything that we wanted to be, and nothing could hold us back if we had the heart and the passion and the purpose driving us forward. And And I think that's consistent with each one of my sisters, which is, you know, incredible. We're all great friends, and, you know, we're all very much the same in our value system, Mm -hmm. but we, you know, are, are different in our personalities and in our career paths. And she not, yeah, she not only, you know, gave you good messaging, but really um, showed you by example. Always showed by example. I I always think the best way to learn and grow is through experience and having those really powerful role models in your life that are very authentic and natural and, uh, and given with generosity, which truly encapsulates my mother and her essence and who she is. And so growing up, my mother was a full-time mom, you know, PTA president and active in starting organizations, not for profits and, you know, doing good in the world and always took us to school and picked us up and was very present um, as we were growing up. And then when we went away to school, my mother um, was the senior policy advisor to the governor of California, to Pete Wilson. Mm -hmm. And she started the first conference for, for women in Los Angeles, in the state of California. And I remember going at a very young age, I might've been 16 or 17 years old, going to this conference for women. I didn't even really understand it, but I knew there were 5,000 women there creating this community and having conversations that were unplugged and authentic. And the questions that women asked were so vulnerable. Mm. And I remember thinking, God, how does someone get up and ask a question in front of so many other people and, and, and ask such a, a vulnerable question. Yeah. And that was years ago. Right. I remember that like it was yesterday. Do you remember and en- were you old enough, Shelley, to to kind of compare that conference to the conferences that take place today? Yeah, I, I actually now say, wow, my mother was a pioneer and a visionary. And I don't even know that she thought about that at the time. It was just um, an idea that she had to create for the state 
to create this conference for women well ahead of its time. Yeah. And all these women came and it, I said, Mom, how could you possibly organize a conference for 5,000 people? And she said it was simple. We created an agenda. She had the best speakers um, with different tracks of different topics, um, which probably defined the global goals today, but it was really ahead of that. And women chose what track they wanted to be on. And then lunch came, and it was a box lunch because that's how they you know, took care of so many people. And everything was – it seemed so easy for my mom to do. Well, and, and guess what? She did that without social media. <laughs> so how did she, exactly. did she send out 5,000 handwritten invitations? Basically. I mean, that's yeah. just really what it was. And wow. it was just this, she had a commitment to doing it. Mm-hmm. Nothing held her back. She didn't overthink it, pulled it off. And of course she you know, ran that successfully for years. And now uh, Maria Shriver took it over and and runs the the conference for women in 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 California. Yeah. So that's a great story. I love that so much um particularly because she was so ahead of her time. Um and doing that without all of the resources and and things that we have today which is it's just so exciting. It's a great time for women. Um, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about your years at Barnard College in the 80s. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay with us for our Diversity and Finance Watch coming up. This is the Women to Watch Diversity Watch. How many times did we say a word or send an email that we instantly regretted? and had to do a lot of hard work to undo or reduce its effects. Today's prophetic ethic will spare you this effort. How? You actually have to do nothing. When you get angry or start getting emotional and not in a happy way, all you need to do is literally do nothing. Take it in, process it, and consider matters carefully before you reply. That holding back of negative actions or emotions will spare you a lot of hassle and help you focus on the issue at hand When we're angry, our judgment is temporarily imbalanced or impaired. When we know that it's only temporal, we wait it out. The anger will pass and we'll have a better access to our rational thoughts. Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him told us that words that we regret resemble a bull that is trying to fit into a tight opening. I find it interesting that he said a bull that we mostly describe as a raging bull. Taking our time to think, reflect and reply will bear more reasonable results. And yes, I mean results closer to our logic or reasoning. This doesn't just apply in times of conflict or anger, but also in making important decisions in life, like marriage or buying a car, for example. Anything that will stick with us for some time deserves a decision beyond impulse. I was rushed to close a car deal this year, and I have been regretting every single time I drive somewhere. The general rule in Islam is, whoever rushes something before it's time, we'll risk closing it entirely. We have the power to slow down, take our sweet time, and enjoy more. Hey, no rush grasping that prophetic ethic. Connect with me at your own pace by visiting hanadispeaksout.com. Peace be upon you all. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. 
In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Hi, this is Terry McDermott. And this is Maggie Carrado. And we're from Fortis Wealth. Most of us dream of a time when our our lives are not bound by regular working hours. But studies by Charles Schwab and other financial firms indicate that we spend more time planning our vacations than we do planning for retirement. Investing a little time along with your money can make a big difference. So what should you be doing to plan for retirement? First, take charge of your future. Find out as much as you can so that there will be no bad surprises when you are ready to make that big change. How much do you know about your retirement plans at work, your other savings and investments, your projected Social Security benefits? If you're married, how much do you know about your spouse's accounts and benefits? Second, if you're not already doing so, please take advantage of retirement benefits available through your employer or business. There can be tax advantages, contributions can be made automatically from your paycheck, and there may be free money available in the form of an employer match to your contributions. Next, how much do you know about IRAs, other investments, long-term care insurance, and annuities? These can all play a role in improving your chances of a secure retirement. Then, give some thought about how much money you will need to live on. Some of your living expenses may go down in retirement, but other expenses may increase, such as health care or spoiling your grandchildren. How much of what you need will be from guaranteed sources, such as pensions and Social Security? Our last tip is don't put it off. There is a wealth of information available, books, free classes and seminars, magazines, your advisor, and your finance watch team, to name a few. Start planning now so that you will have more options later. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. And we're your Finance Watch team. Peace out. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thanks for being with us again. I'm joined this evening by Shelly Zalis, the CEO of the Female Quotient. And uh, in case you're not familiar with that, the work that Shelley is doing really centers on closing the wage gap and eliminating bias um, in companies and, and culture, creating empathetic leadership, and also measuring progress. And I wanted to kind of, um, well, before we get to that, let me let me talk to you about your years at Barnard, and then we'll talk about um, the differences among all your goals with the female quotient. Going to an all-women's college, I think, is a totally different experience. And I wondered what the impact was for you there and what were some of the activities you were involved in? Um, You know, I actually think it was a subliminal experience because I did not choose to go to an all-women's college. I chose to go to Columbia University. Okay. (laughs) And (laughs) what happened? Columbia at the time, you know, I'm, I'm an old lady. Columbia at the time was Barnard College for Women, Columbia College for Men of Columbia University. Okay. So there was no co-ed option. Mm -hmm. And so I was at Barnard. And I always say now looking back, I missed 
so many opportunities that I probably would have benefited so much from, but I think it made me even a greater advocate for community of women, mm. women working together. Okay. I didn't appreciate it so much at the time, I have to say. Yeah, that and, happens sometimes. You know, we look back. Yeah, no, yeah, but I think that that's an important piece of why I do what I do today. And I loved my experience at Barnard, but I'm not sure I really took advantage of being surrounded by so many women. I took a lot of courses across the street at, you know, Columbia because mm-hmm. you were, you know, you could go back and forth. And I lived on Columbia campus, not in the Barnard um, experience. But today I look back and I say, how has that impacted me in being such a champion for women, an advocate for change and an advocate for equality? And I think when you're surrounded by so many brave, bold, smart, interesting women, which was what I was surrounded by at Barnard, it puts a smile on my face. And I say, I I do think that that impacted me because I, I just met the most incredible people today that are leading their, you know, big companies and in miraculous ways. And so I love looking up all the women that I knew in Barnard and, you know, reconnecting with them now. And so those relationships are priceless. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Seeing where they are today. You know, I'm always so interested in uh, the place where women's confidence uh, and self-esteem came from. And and I have a quote here. You said, I've gone against the grain for most of my career. And I think Women who do that have a certain level of confidence and, and self-esteem that allows them to do that. Was that something that built up in you over time, or, or would you say you always had it? I think that confidence comes with believing in yourself. Others won't believe in you or follow or join you if you don't believe in yourself. And that's why I coined the phrase, confidence is beautiful. It's not what you look like on the outside it's truly how you feel on the inside. And I've always needed to find my own confidence to take that step maybe in a direction that wasn't the popular direction. You know, I've always zagged when others have zigged. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that takes confidence um, to take that step forward, even if it's scary, even if you're not sure where you're going to end up. Um, and I think that's really what doing something as a first requires. You have to believe in yourself first. And, you know, as Oscar Wilde says, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Yeah, that's I never, one of my favorite quotes. I love that. It's it's a great quote. And it it's is. just really true. Mm-hmm. I, I had to own my own voice and my own direction because no one was writing that script for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every time I had this new, crazy, bold idea that was different than the norm, I had to be courageous and, and push forward and go for it and and see what happens. You know, I, I, I really did not create my journey from a textbook. I am not a textbook leader. I am one that writes the new rules and hopefully they they stick and become the new norm. So, so I think confidence is a very important ingredient in 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 transforming or even being a leader today. That's right. So would you say that you're living today um, completely as yourself? Yes. And I, I think that the only reason I can, and I paused, you know, before I said yes, 
was if I didn't lead as myself, I couldn't be a good leader because you can copy someone else's leadership style once, twice, but you can't authentically lead someone else's way. So my way is the only way I know how to be, especially because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I have to, you know, I always say I don't follow my head. It's not a cognitive decision because that's a rational decision. It's a heartbeat decision. You know, that whole expression, follow your heart. I now actually understand that because that is how I live and breathe my life. I follow my heart. Mm -hmm. I feel first and then I think. I don't think and then feel. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think it's a hard thing to do in today's world, in particular because of all of the information and things that we have coming at us on a regular basis, you know, with the Internet and social media. Um, What would you say to young girls for them to be able to tap into that great advice of following their heart? There is so much information out there today. You know, we're an information overload. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially as women that multitask on steroids, we have that doubt in our heads of, can I do this? Can I not do this? Oh, I better think about this. I better think. If you overthink it too much, you'll never get anywhere because there's too much information to process. And that is when your head gets involved, you overthink things and justify things and rationalize things and, and keep thinking about the what ifs. What, there's always going to be other options and other choices. So just take a stand and do something. And you might be wrong, and that's okay, but you might be right. And when you're right, it keeps propelling you forward to the next decision, the next decision. But I think to the younger you know, generation, and Tony Robbins taught me this, and I'll never forget this, and I thank him all the time for giving me these pearls of wisdom. He says, sometimes we make decisions too big, black and white, and because they're so scary and so big and so bold, we talk ourselves out of it. Mm. He says, you have to take every decision and break it into steps. And he said, imagine you're in a 100-story building. When you're on the first floor and there's an elevator, you push 100, you shoot your way up to the top. Simple. He says, but if the elevator's broken, you have to take the steps. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And if you get to the 20th step and there's a tape like X because the paint is wet on the stairs or the stair is broken, what are you going to do? Go backwards or find a way to work around it and keep moving forward? So you have to take decisions and put them into steps. Yeah. And then one day you're going to look back and say, wow, look how far I've come. Mm. But if you make that step too big, you're never going to be able to, to do it. That's right. So take all these big decisions in life and make them into steps because steps are a lot easier. And sometimes you can skip a couple of steps. That's right. That's right. Listen, we have to take another break, Shelley. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the female quotient, what it is and, and what you're doing. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay with us. Now, the Women to Watch Health Watch. This is Dr. Marianne Ritchie. HPV, human papillomavirus, a sexually transmitted disease in males and females, usually without symptoms. Most HPV infections resolve within 12 months, but some persist. And persistent infection causes virtually all cancers of the cervix. It can also lead to genital warts or cancers of the vulva, vagina, penis, anus, and mouth and throat. Gardasil, a vaccine approved by Food and Drug Administration in 2006, protects against cancer from four strains of HPV. Then in 2014, a better version, 
Gardasil 9 covers nine of the high-risk strains. It was approved for males and females aged 9 through 26. One study suggests that up to 80% of sexually active men and women are exposed to HPV at least once in their lifetime. And like any STD, more partners, more risk. Since the vaccine, we've made progress. There's a decline in numbers of cases in vaccinated and non-vaccinated, suggesting there's less virus in circulation. Breaking news. On October 5, 2018, the FDA approved the expanded use of Gardasil 9 vaccine in men and women ages 27 through 45 because a study of over 3,200 women showed that Gardasil was 88% effective in preventing persistent infection, genital warts, and cancers. Getting the vaccine before infection could prevent up to 90% of these cancers. Dr. Rebecca Jackson, outstanding OBGYN doctor at Jefferson, asks all people to get the vaccine up to age 45. It's safe and effective, especially important in women who already have an abnormal pap smear or those entering a new relationship. HPV, it's common, it can cause cancer, and we can do something about it. Every week I say, treat yourself like a diva or nobody else will. If you have time to get your nails done, fluff your hair, post on Snapchat and Instagram, make time to get the HPV vaccine. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hilsey Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch for the Week. And as we embrace this amazing time of year, I was thinking a lot about the gift of leading others. And just to take a moment to rekindle the privilege of being truly an amazing leader. So for everyone listening, I would love for you to really take this theme of gratitude and look at it in a different lens. Because as a leader, you know, do we take the time to truly express gratitude the people that are serving us daily, for the people that are making your companies thrive. And oh, by the way, when is the last time you've expressed gratitude? And I mean, sincere, genuine gratitude to your clients. The way I look at it is our clients are the oxygen to our company. They're the bloodline to keep us alive. And do we take them for granted 
or do we truly express gratitude and appreciate all the amazing clients we have? I was recently interviewed on a show and somebody asked me, how is it that you have so much business and you're booked out so far into 2020 and and you have no booking agent, you have nobody serving you as far as representing you? And I said, one, one reason, I go where the love is. Always take care of your clients because the clients that know you and love you, that's your gold mine. And never forget to appreciate who they are. So gratitude in this time of season, pause and think about how you can express gratitude to the people on your teams, the people in your life, and take a moment to thank them, not for what they're doing, but for who they are. That's what people need. And my favorite mantra at this time of year is give without remembering, receive without forgetting. So to learn more and hear more, I'd love to have you reach out to me at hollydowling.com. And I also have a free gift in this time of this year for everyone that's listening to Women to Watch. Click on free gift on my website and you too will find out a gift just for you. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm having a great conversation this evening with Shelly Zalis, the CEO of the Female Quotient. And some of you may be wondering, what exactly is that? I, when I first read about it, Shelly, I loved, um, you know, comparing the um, IQ and then the EQ. And here we have a FQ, which I think is something we probably should have recognized years ago. Um, so tell the listeners, first of all, I want to know the catalyst for your decision, kind of that aha moment um, when you decided to launch this. Uh, believe it or not, it happened by accident. I did not mean to be in the business of equality. My background is market research. I'm the pioneer of online research. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever taken, have you ever taken one of those horrible surveys on the internet? Of course. <laughs> okay, so I'm the mother of that invention. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. I <laughs> mean, um, I pioneered that in a day and age where only wealthy old men with broadband connections were online, so hardly a representative population. And, and that, now, of course, online research is the new norm. Yeah. Was that so OTX, Shelley? That was OTX. Right. Yes. And then you sold it. And then I sold it to Ipsos. There you um, go. The third largest global research company in the world. Yes. And I was the only female CEO on the top 25 in my category mm. my entire career. That's and amazing. Congratulations for thank that. Thank you. And I knew I always thought differently and that can, you know, we can get to that conversation. But when I left Ipsos three years ago, I thought, you know, it's, it's time to truly activate diversity. We say that diversity is good for business and yet we're going backwards. And I wanted to go to a technology show called CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And in the market research world, I know everyone. That, that's not an issue. I've been in market research over 35 years, you know, whatever. Let's not talk about how many years. But it's a very, very, very long time. And it was quite intimidating for me to go into a technology conference where I heard there was over 150,000 people Less than 3% were women. I wasn't going to know anyone. So what do you do when you're a little nervous? You call your girlfriend. That's right. So I called five girlfriends, Mm -hmm. and I said, will you go with me to CES and walk the floor? So they said, of course. And I said, and why don't you invite your girlfriend? 24 hours later, 50 women showed up, and we walked the floor together. And two remarkable things happened. One, all the guys' heads turned. Like, where did all you women come from? (laughs) And it's when... I coined the phrase, a woman alone has power. Collectively, we have impact. Mm. And it was a power the pack moment. Together, we were unstoppable. 
And the second was a confidence moment. I was surrounded by people just like me with some of the same challenges, some of the same issues. You know, we were competing in the workplace because there's such a scarcity of jobs at the top, especially for women. And it was a confidence moment. And that's when I coined the phrase confidence is beautiful, work-life balance issues. You know, we really started talking about all the things that have been holding us back and why we've been conforming to the rules that make no sense. And, and that's how the Girls' Lounge was born. There's a boys' club that women never felt comfortable in. Now there's a Girls' Lounge. Men are welcome, but they're the minority in our space. Mm-hmm. And it was so clear that when you flip the balance, you transform culture, and everyone feels comfortable. Everyone feels like they belong. And by day two, we had 150 women. By day three, I had the penthouse suite of the hotel. There were 350 women. We were doing business with one another. We were having so much fun. And we decided, you know, collectively, we can break some rules and, and write new ones. And that's when the female quotient was born. First came the intelligence quotient, IQ. Then came the emotional quotient, EQ. Now comes the female quotient, FQ. When you put women in any equation, the equation gets better. Period. Yeah exclamation point. That's right. Let me tell you one of the things I love so much about what you're doing. Um, there, there are, you know, we talked about conferences. There's a, there's plenty of conferences around the country, around the world um, for women. But I'm always saying that we need to do more than have women walk away inspired. We really need to bring about action. And women doing business with each other um, is what I am seeing happening. I think that makes a big difference. You know, the girls' lounge that you mentioned, that's one pillar of your company. Tell me what takes place there. So the female quotient has, is in the business of equality. We have four pillars. And, it, you know, because it is a step change, we can empower and advance women all we want, but we also have to rewrite the rules so that women don't continue to fall out. That's right. So the girls' lounge is our first pillar, and we have girls' lounge at conferences which is a collaborative model. It's not my lounge, it's not yours, it's ours collectively. So Fortune 500 companies all work together to support a pop-up space at big industry conferences where it is the home of equality. And I'd say it's 80% women, 20% men, but everyone works together um, to advance equality. Yeah, which is another important note, right? If we um, All of the, th- the work that we do um, should be bringing men and women together collectively as well to bring about change for equality and all of these issues. Um, I sometimes find, you know, listening to men's views on all of this can be incredibly impactful as well. Um, You know, Shelley, you sit on numerous boards, and I'm wondering if there's any one cause that's near and dear to your heart other than uh, the equality work that you're doing with Female Quotient. I'm on the board of Colorcom. Um, we, we talk about diversity. It's not just about gender. It's about gender, race, religion, age. Um, all of these factors come into play. So I'm the white girl on the Colorcom board, um, and it really is about working together. Uh, Dress for Success, another really important organization, helping women that that need the help to get into the workplace and supporting them because mm-hmm. there's so many amazing women out there that are, that don't have the same resources and access as we do. Um, and I also have been working with the we.org, um, creating education for girls in, in Africa and in Ecuador and in India. 
um, giving everyone the opportunity to have an education. You educate a girl, you educate a family. So all of these initiatives are very important. Okay. Listen, we're going to take uh, one last break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about See Her, which is uh, a movement to increase portrayals of women and girls in advertising and media. A great, great topic. You're listening to Women to Watch. I'm joined by Shelley Zalis, CEO of the Female Quotient. Stay with us for our Legal Watch with Carol Weinman. We'll be right back. Now, the Women to Watch, Legal Watch. If you have a special needs child attending school, you probably know too well the frustration in figuring out how to get what's needed. You painstakingly witness your child struggling and unhappy at the end of the school day. Your heart breaks when each morning you insist your child go to school. You feel helpless and uncertain what to do. That's when the law can be your best friend. It requires schools to provide special education services to students with 13 covered conditions. But there's more. Your child's performance must be adversely affected by one of these conditions. To understand the complex details in the law, you need to contact a lawyer. However, to get the IEP process started is simple. Ask the school to evaluate your child for free. Or you can pay for a private evaluation. The results will set the process in motion. If you disagree with the evaluation performed by the school and what the school agrees to, you may challenge that. But here's the reality. Lawyers do make a difference. So many parents come to me after they have exhausted their own effort in getting the school to comply with their request. Schools will often not acquiesce until a lawyer enters the scene, and your lawyer will know exactly what's legally required. The bottom line, your child's educational experience lays the foundation for future success, self-esteem, and functionality in the world. And your child's disability often impacts the ability to learn. That's why the law affords eligible students the ability to get what they need to learn. Get acquainted with the law. It could become your new best friend. Attorney and leading autism expert Carol Weinman offers one-of-a-kind solutions to your legal and autism needs. Recognized nationwide as the one and only autism legal expert, Weinman delivers exceptional results. Weinman is a master at putting together pieces to create a remarkable outcome. Contact Weinman at 215-591-3614 or at autismlegal.com. That's autismlegal.com. Carol Weinman, the leading nationwide expert autism attorney. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives. And her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm talking with Shelly Zalis, the CEO of the Female Quotient this evening. We're having a great discussion about uh, what that is and all of the things that Shelly is doing to bring about really positive action and impact for women um, in business and in their personal lives. 
And Shelly, you had mentioned to me during the break something that you're launching across um, campuses for girls. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, one of the things we really believe in is confidence from entry level through board level for women. And confidence starts at the age of five. But we are now um, building permanent girls' lounges on university campuses with our partner, SAP, in over 116 countries. And it will really do two things. One, give young women the ability to learn how to run businesses. So they'll be running the girls' lounge spaces in all these, in their universities. And the second, it will be a great recruiting hub for Fortune 500 companies to find great talent to feed their pipeline with women. Mm, you know, putting idea. women into the pipeline at, at entry level with confidence. Oh, so we're very excited about that rollout. And you know what? You have a great partner in SAP. They are incredible. They have next-gen labs in universities in, uh, in 3,800 universities. Wow. So they're, um, they gave us a gift, truly, to build our spaces, our girls' lounges, inside their next-gen labs, which will go a long way to also attracting more women in STEM or in STEAM. Terrific. That's so exciting. Um, I love hearing that. Tell me a little bit about um, something else that you do. Just one more thing on your plate, Daly, (laughs) (laughs) is your Forbes column um, that focuses on women in middle management. And gosh, we could probably do a whole show on that, kind of what keeps women there and, you know, struggling to, to get beyond that and into leadership roles. I was curious where you find your inspiration for the column, because it's tough to come up with, you know, fresh content um, on a regular basis. Well, I told you it's about power of collaboration. The Girls' Lounge has connected over 17,000 corporate women and entrepreneurial women globally. So you want to know something, you just ask a girlfriend. And so all the inspiration comes from the women in our community. We interview them on a regular basis for the column. The column is called the messy middle. And, you know, we start 50-50 in the workplace. That's not the problem. We end at about 17%. And now with Indra Nui from PepsiCo stepping down, we're probably at about 15%. And by the way, I just want to point out, she stepped down very publicly saying she wants to spend more time with her family and she's just tired, which was (laughs) so wonderful um, for her to really show that vulnerability and and put that out there. Yeah, I agree. Which I think is amazing. 100%. And, you know, know, where we fall off is in middle management, which is why we call it the messy middle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, caregiving is still predominantly a female a women's responsibility. That's right. And of course, all the bias that kicks in where we talk about unconscious bias. I actually think it's conscious bias. If we've made you aware of the fact that the policies don't work and that there's a gap, you're no longer, you can't hide behind the excuse of unconscious bias. It's time to acknowledge that this is conscious. That's right. And that if we want to be better, we just have to make that choice to be better. That's right. No excuses. That's right. That's right. Um, You know, I never like to ask the question um, about work-life balance because I believe, you know, everything we do is just life. Um, What I do like to to ask is, you know, it's tough to to juggle all the things that we do between family and and work and career. And I wonder if you can just kind of share something that's hard for you, something that you work on on a daily basis that will um, kind of show the women listeners that, you know, everything is not perfect in Shelley's world and doesn't come easy. Oh, gosh. Perfection is boring. Let's start with that. Perfection <laughs> is boring. I said anyone that's perfect can't be very interesting, and I don't, I don't buy into that. Yep. So I think that imperfection is the new perfection, and I think that's what makes us colorful and interesting and 
you know, gives us a personality. I think that's, that's number one. Number two, we all have these voices in our head telling us what we can and can't do. You know, my girlfriend, Wendy Clark says, you just got to shut that bitch up in your head. You know, it's a bad word to say, but it's true. Just get that, you know, obnoxious voice out of your head and, and, and don't give yourself the, um, the ability to say you're not good enough or mm. you can't do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's number two. And get rid of the word balance. Work-life balance. Balance. There's no life doesn't work in 50-50. That's it doesn't right. work like that. You've got one life with many dimensions. Your career, your family, your community, your friends, and the one we always forget about is ourselves. And at every stage of life, you can't do it all. There is no such thing as do it all. Do it all your way and choose which dimensions you can handle in those moments of your life. And, you know, I used to add, you know, cr- you know, do with my girlfriends, I used to exercise. So I'd get two of those buckets achieved in one fell swoop. I, we didn't do a lot of exercise. We did a lot of talking and drinking coffee, but it was amazing. It was <laughs> right. magical. Right, right. And with my family, I mean, they have, they are the most important thing in my life. And they have been so supportive throughout my career. And I think that partnership starts at home. You know, if you truly want to be successful at work, you have to be successful at home. My husband and I were not mother-father roles. We were parents, Mm -hmm. and we shared the responsibility and divided and conquered. And my kids, you know, I had a no-regret policy. I would always look forward and say, if I'm going to feel bad uh, missing something, I didn't miss it. I never wanted to look back and say shoulda, woulda, coulda. So, you know, do you juggle a lot? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you have to make choices. And I think that you don't have to think about a whole roadmap, as I said before, as where you're going to be in five years from now. Look at today, look at tomorrow and adjust your schedules, you know, on a daily basis, you know, in the moment, and it'll help get, get rid of a lot of that guilt and also help you focus in on the choices that matter most to you because you can never look back in life and say, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Mm, that's a great way to end the show, um, Shelly. I agree 100%. You know, really, it is our life on our terms, and we get to, to make those choices. I thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story with me today. I know how busy you are, and I hope you'll stay in touch with the show. Oh, I can't wait to come back and talk about See Her and the Messy Middle as much as you want. So oh, we will I do hope it. I you invite me back. Absolutely. We will do it. Stay with us now. We're going to go into our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manzo of Pathways Consulting Group. The world of business is always changing. One of the trends driving this rapid change is the constant innovation behind technology and the push for employees to adapt to the latest changes. According to Deloitte, by 2025, millennials, defined by the U.S. Census as people born from 1982 to 2000, will make up around 75% of the global workforce. At our company, they make up 76% today. When it comes to technology, not only are they ahead of the game, but their lives revolve around it. They can remember when computers and cell phones were introduced into the home and have easily adapted to smart technology. Applications like Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and Excel have been a part of their lives since early elementary school when computers were introduced into the classroom. Millennials have gotten a bum rap by some generations as being lazy, undisciplined, entitled, or unmotivated. But that's a complete misconception. Because millennials are used to the progression of technology, according to Fortune, it is said that the millennial mindset is constantly trying to find new ways to make things easier, faster, 
more flexible and efficient. They want things to be mobile and adaptable with everything they need and nothing they don't. This may come off as a sense of entitlement in the eyes of previous generations, but it could really be a blessing in disguise. With a desire for creativity and constant need for change, they are outspoken, creative with ideas, and motivated to adopt the modern workplace now and in the future. What are your thoughts on millennials in the workplace? Send me your feedback at mary at pathwayscg.com. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much, as always, to our sponsors and contributors for helping us to bring you the real story behind the title. Here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week, everyone. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.